This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? I trust so. Bless your heart. Yes, I wait for you to answer because I know some people do. We don't have two-way television radio yet. That'll come, I suppose, in the next decade or century. (laughs) Maybe it's a good thing. But you can, in your mind's eye, you can see yours truly, and in my mind's eye, I can see you, those of you whom I know, and visualize what you may be doing at this hour. Bless you. I trust things are going well. If you've struck a rough day, as I often tell you, if you've struck a rough day, just look up and say, Lord Jesus, see me through this one. And he will. Oh, yes, he will. Jesus will see you through. Hallelujah. No question about that. He'll see you through. Well, you and I are in First Peter. We're coming down to the end of the last chapter. I hate to see this book finish because it's been so rich. The last time we got together, we were in verse 6 of chapter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You do the humbling, God does the exalting. You be faithful, God gives you the sunshine. You do what he tells you, he'll give you the recognition. Now, this is a principle that some people never learn throughout their whole lifetimes. They seem to go through life looking for recognition and appreciation, which is a perfectly normal human trait, I'm sure. Everyone likes to be appreciated. They did a study years ago uh, across which uh, I came in my uh, research, a study uh, based on uh, the attitudes of employees in large corporations, such as, for instance, General Motors and some of the other big ones. And this study uh, attempted to put in order of priority the things that employees thought were important and the things that that employers and management thought were important. Management put money first and then working conditions and then productivity and then uh, down the list recognition. Employees put recognition for a job well done in number one. And then came working conditions, and in third or fourth place actually was money. Now that was uh, 25 years ago. I don't know whether the mindset of management and labor may have changed in two and a half decades. Perhaps it has, but I suspect that human nature is still pretty much the same. And you and I like to be appreciated. Now, learn this lesson. God will take care of the appreciation if you take care of the obedience. God will take care of the sunshine if you take care of the faithfulness. To humble myself under the mighty hand of God means I get down and acknowledge that I can't do anything without him. Nor can I think anything without him. Paul says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, that we can think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who hath made us able ministers of the new covenant. 
You can't do anything. You can't think anything. You can't become anything. By the grace of God, said Paul, I am what I am. His grace that was bestowed upon me was not in vain. So, to be, to think, to become, to do. You can do nothing by yourself. But Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. True humility acknowledges that you need God every split second of the time, in every effort, every thought, every relationship, all of your life, you need God. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. That's the songwriter's cry, and you and I may echo it across the years and across the miles. We need God. Well, when you come to him, you won't be disappointed. Jesus, our Lord, said, Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. How many despairing souls have been brought to faith and hope and salvation simply by looking at that wonderful promise, Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Never too much of a failure, never too big a sinner, never too hopeless in your own case or in the eyes of others. Come to Jesus. He won't throw you out. He'll take you in. There's always hope with Christ. We've been born again unto a living hope, says Peter by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You take care of the humbling, God takes care of the recognition. You don't have to seek the spotlight. God takes, he's operating the spotlight. He takes care of, of giving you all the sunshine you can stand. Will you remember that, preacher? Will you remember that, Christian worker? And all the rest of us garden variety Christians who may not be famous, we're, the buses won't stop when I die. They, they'll keep on running, you know. <laughs> garden variety Christians, I call us. Shall we just remember that God takes care of the recognition if we'll take care of being faithful to him? The word in the book of the Revelation says, Be thou faithful unto death, and thou, I'll give you a crown of life that fades not away. All right. Lord, help us to learn that lesson. huh? Now, verse 7. What do I do about the cares and burdens and worries and heartbreaks of life? See, this is the difference between Christians and non-Christians. Everybody has cares and burdens and worries and heartaches. They come to us all, don't they? Don't bother saying to yourself when something happens in your life, why should this happen to me? I'm a Christian. Listen, uh, everybody has troubles. That's the kind of a world we live in, a world that's touched by sin and heartache and tears and sorrow and death. But there's hope in, and victory in Christ. Thanks be unto God who always causeth us to triumph that we may be the fragrance of God in every place. That's what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 2. Thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest by us the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. God's perfume is what he wants you to be. And you don't have to be beaten down by life. The term the psychologists use nowadays is burnout. Burnout. 
when life has just beaten you to a pulp and you can't take it any longer and you have to get away. Now, the theory and the practice, actually, of periodic times of rest and relaxation is a good one. The Lord Jesus said to the disciples, Come ye yourselves apart and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and there was no leisure even so much as to eat, the Bible says. They were busy, busy, busy. And the Lord Jesus said, let's get out of here for a while. So periodic times of rest is a good thing. I'm not talking about that. You ought to have time. Structure some time away from the grind for yourself. Of course, I hear some young mother that has two or three toddlers around saying bitterly, I wish I had a minute to myself. I know, I know. But still, you do have a moment now and again when you can be alone. When the children are asleep, don't they look like little angels when they're asleep? They can be full of the old nature (laughs) when they're awake, pulling each other's hair and fighting and complaining and crying and messing things up, but you put them to sleep finally and they're just little angels lying there. (laughs) Well, You do have a moment or two, don't you? Busy as you are, when you can get alone with your Lord. And it is those moments of solitude with your Lord that renew your spirit. Wait on the Lord, the Bible says, and he shall strengthen thine heart. What do you think that means? It means get alone with God, and he'll refresh you and strengthen you. Ah, yes. So, periods of of quiet before God are very important. On the other hand, you don't have to be beaten down by life to the place where you say, I give up, I've had it, I can't stand this anymore, I'm going to get away from it. And so someone gets fed up with uh, a certain career and uh, ends up doing something entirely different, maybe not as productive uh, or as uh, profitable, but uh, just burned out. Well, I'm not, I'm not here to uh, expound on, on human burnout and what to do about it. I simply want to say that everybody has pressures and troubles and problems, and there is something that you as a Christian can do about them. Here we have it in verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, ordinarily, uh, so far as my experience goes, it isn't the pressure of the work that gets me down. It's the worry, the sense of responsibility, and the what-if factor. What if things don't work the way they should? You forecast a certain amount of income for your organization. What if it doesn't come in and you go broke? If you're in sales, you forecast a certain amount of sales, and then you think, what if it doesn't work? I remember <laughs> I remember what happened shortly after I started with Scripture Press. They had, and still do, I presume, in those days, uh, meetings they called press-run meetings. Now, you had to estimate how many of various publications you were going to print, and you had to do it 18 months ahead of time because the paper had to be bought and all that sort of a thing. You know how that goes, you people in business. Well, here I was, fresh out of the pastor at 18 years and youth for Christ for uh, nine years or so. And I knew how to promote and preach and uh, reasonably well knew how to manage people, at least up to a point. But I didn't know anything about publishing. 
Nor, indeed, I must admit, did I know very much about sales forecasting. <laughs> so here I come to this meeting, and Vic Corey, the founder and president of Scripture Press in those days, uh, turned to me and said, well, uh, Brother Bob, what? how much of this, and he named one of the publications, do you think you can do? What, what percent of increase do you think you can depend on? And I said, well, let's look at the graphs. Lloyd Siegfried in those days uh, was uh, uh, the master of the sales graphs. He would, he called them graphs, G-R-A-F-T, <laughs> graphs. <laughs> I, I said, let's let's look at the graphs and see. And so we saw what what the uh, the sales had been doing, and there was a steady climb, a steady increase. Uh, and uh, the year before, it had been six percent, which is pretty hefty uh, in terms of of numbers of uh, of copies sold. Oh, I said, we ought to do 10%. We ought to be able to do 10%. He said, all right. See, it was kind of a twinkle in his eye, but he said, all right, we'll count on that. Well, afterwards, he drew me aside. He said, you know what you what you said now? 10% means you have to sell this and this many thousand copies more than the year before, and all of a sudden it hit me, and I felt a sinking feeling in my stomach. What if it doesn't work? Oh, boy. You see, it's the what-if factor that gets you down oftentimes. Well, I tell you, I did pray about it, as a matter of fact, and happily we made our quota, and I was very, very grateful to God. You can take the what-if factor, beloved, and turn it over to Jesus. Let me talk with you about that a little more the next time we get together. Dear Heavenly Father, today, help us to be faithful and obeying so that you can do your part in recognizing the blessing of God in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.